Hey, everybody. Hope you're doing good. This is Steve Durr. I'm here with... Oh, you just want us to start talking. Yeah, I'm come on, go ahead. Steve Thompson. <laughs> and, and Laura Bullgreen. And we're here for Encounters Conversations. Mm. Every Friday, we are going to do a podcast that is more of a roundtable, even though we're not sitting technically at a roundtable. Yeah, table. not technically. Sorry about that. Uh, but you can imagine that we're at a round table, but we're going to be having a bit of a podcast conversation, uh, discussion about what we discussed and talked about uh, on the Sunday before. The same kind of person, subject matter, story that we talked about before, and then you heard a little bit about on Monday in that podcast. And so we're having a discussion and roundtable about that. So, Laura, do you want to fill us in a little bit more about kind of the rhythm of what we're going to do during these times? Yeah, so this will be a time you'll hear different voices um, from the teaching team and um, just giving some of our input, some of our reflections on the text that we're talking about the previous Sunday, as well as an opportunity to talk through any questions that you might have. We really want this to go beyond just um, a time of information passing or downloading and inviting all of you to be a part of a conversation with us. And so if you have a question, you can head on over to wm.church slash podcasts, and we've got a little form on there where you can just, uh, you can let us know who you are, or you can stay anonymous, but let us know what your questions might be, whether it's from the passage or from the message or from the uh, Monday morning deal. Just any questions you might have. Any question, but it shouldn't be a question like, how much taller is Steve Durr <laughs> than Steve Thompson? Those will probably get left on the cutting room floor. <laughs> they won't make it to air. Exactly, exactly. Awesome. So we've got some questions kind of just to get us started today. So, mm -hmm. Laura, take us away. Yeah, so jumping in today, we um, last Sunday we talked about the story of Deborah and Barack. And that story, if you if you weren't with us on Sunday morning, you can um, find that on Watermark's Facebook uh, page or YouTube channel if you want to watch that message and get caught up. Or um, you can read the story in Judges chapter 4 and 5. And um, and that's the story that we're kind of talking about, the prophet Deborah and Barak. And and so the first question, um, Tom's, you were the one who spoke to us, who taught about that this past Sunday. And so why Deborah? Why Barak? Why you this story? You just like saying a, little Debbie. <laughs> little Debbie's. I was yeah. really little well, loving the snacks. <laughs> Well, you talk you you set it up really well that this the book of Judges is full of a lot of action and um, just kind of crazy gore. stories, a lot of gore, yeah. some scandal. So there's plenty of Violence. interesting options. Yeah. So why this story? Yeah, why I actually even second guessed it talking about guested guest. Uh, like when you get to the whole tent peg through the temple thing yeah, and looking at the eyes of the little children in the room, <laughs> going. I hope I didn't cross any lines yeah. here, but wait. While you're preaching, yeah, you have yeah. one of those moments when you're preaching yeah. sometimes and you get to a part of the story and you look out and you see children out there. And right. you're like, <laughs> and it's oh, like, maybe I should have given a parental advisory. Right. I but had this is in the Bible. It's in the so Bible, so it makes it good. What do you do? What do you <laughs> do? The Bible is R-rated. It just yes, is. It is. So. so you were second guessing it as oh, yeah. you were there up on the stage, but sure. ultimately you pushed through, you, you made it happen. So um, what was it that leading up to that point that made you think that was a good idea? Yeah. That was a well, good story to go. <laughs> I mean, pretty much any story in Judges, you're going to get that kind of stuff with, right? But our, our hope was in the counter series to cover some stories of people who maybe don't get a lot of airtime in messages. Like maybe you haven't heard from this person a whole lot, and maybe that's because they didn't get a whole lot of like ink on the page. Um, 
or it's just for whatever reason they get overlooked. And uh, I love that in our series, our encounter series, we're going to be highlighting some women of the Bible just as much as some men of the Bible, because I I do think that women uh, do get overlooked often in both messages and in the Bible, they get probably less ink on the page. And so Deborah is one of those that actually shines in the book of Judges. Among all of the judges, there is nothing um, poor that happens around her. Her character seems impeccable. There's this purity about her. Um, and, and clearly the office that she held, that she was recognized and respected among the Israelite people, like, you got to cover her, right? Right, because everything pretty much goes downhill after Deborah. <laughs> oh, for sure. You know, all the character <laughs> so of everyone who comes after her, you know, starts going downhill. I mean, you yeah. start seeing some character flaws in these dudes that come after her. Major character flaws. Right, right. Yep. So you kind of, when you when it came time for us, we were looking at some different people. We wanted in this encounter series to find some stories of people who encountered God or, and had this revelation from God and then respond to him. So looking for men, looking for women, some well-known, some not so well-known. And you, for you, you're like, here's someone who's not as well-known, a woman in particular, and love her character, and she just shines. That's kind of what came to mind for you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there it is. There That's it is. Answer. There it is. That's awesome. To embellish on that. I love it. And I will say something that I love about her story, and I was thinking about that rereading it even this week, is that um, as a woman in leadership and in ministry, one of the things that I love about the story of Deborah and the way that it's told is that it's just very um, – unfussy about her being a woman well you know it doesn't say anything like it doesn't make a big deal about it it doesn't make a like she just she gets to stand her ground without needing to prove why she's allowed to be there yep and without needing to explain why it's not like a big it's not she just is she just she just gets to exist without um defending her right to be who she is which is really interesting when the bible is set in a culture that was very male dominated Mm -hmm. Uh, patriarchal, um, well-documented, and then we note it much more in our culture where we tend to have much more equality. At least we mm-hmm. think we have equality here, and right. uh, and we we get to highlight that. Right. But it's I think it's one of those things that throughout history, um, it's it's been the natural course of things that uh, men have risen to these positions and maintain those positions. And so women just haven't gotten the playtime. And I love it when the Bible says that's not how it is in God's kingdom. Right. Yeah, kind of like the Bible's kind of ahead of its time mm-hmm. in that it way. It is. Totally. Yeah. Right. Awesome. Yep. Well, thanks for answering that. Another question that we have here is um, just about some of the specifics. I mean, you already kind of went into hoping that you didn't scar any of the children who are in the room listening. <laughs> yeah. um, because there's there's the, kind of the possibility of that. This story goes into some um, some really vivid details about, you know, tents being driven through people's I think heads. people are not going to be go- going camping with their family anytime <laughs> soon. Or not letting their kids uh, set the tent up. Stay away from skin. the tent This bags. is not one of those stories that we're going to reenact in a little cute church no. play. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, so with that in mind, like, why this, the, the question, why would details such as this, a story such as this, be, be recorded in Scripture? Why does this matter? Yeah. And how about the name Jail? 
<laughs> Jael. Yes. Jael. Or Jael. Because yeah. the J's in Hebrew are pronounced as Y's. Yes. But anyways. Um, it, and I, I've got to say this. This totally brought back a memory, a flashback to me of when, because my dad was a pastor, and I had this little, this is too much time on something that doesn't matter. But I had this <laughs> you're, little. You're already committed. I'm in. I'm in. I had a record of Bible stories, and I would listen to it. And so me and my friends actually just in my room while listening to it, we reenacted it with the puppets and stuffed animals that I had oh in my, my room. Goodness. And my dad made <laughs> us do that room. on a Sunday night in front of the whole church and but it was Cain and Abel it was the first murder and we we pulled that off with puppets wow. and rocks so That's there you go still a violent wow. option anyways so why this can stuff we, wait can we bring that I'm just going to insert my sure, own question here it. can we bring that <laughs> maybe to your next teaching like, like can I re- reenact yeah. it with puppets and yeah. rocks? I'm just sure. going to say, include maybe in your, if you're going to submit a question on the podcast page, maybe just give us a little nod if you want to also vote that Tom brings that oh back on a God. Sunday Some morning. Some puppets <laughs> and rocks. I'll, I'll put it up on my YouTube channel. <laughs> nice. It'll be good. Um, yeah, and I'll just I'll just say this to answer your question, which I've temporarily forgotten. It's why does this stuff actually make it into the Bible? Well, yes. it would be great if we could sit down and have a conversation with the author of these books. Obviously, sure. We don't have any idea who wrote the book of Judges, but they put this material together to make a point to the audience that they were writing to. And so uh, evidently, these details of how somebody died or whatever um, would carry on meaning that's significant um, to that original audience. And I think it, the thing that just comes through over and over again, specifically in the first five and into Gideon that we're going to get to here, um, chapters of Judges, is this under underdog story, is this story that y- God will deliver when you are oppressed and down and out, but it's not going to be how you'd think he'd do it. And so Jael, or Jael, or however you want to pronounce her name, was she was a foreigner to begin with, living among the people of Israel. Uh, and she was more like a, like a housewife. It's not like she was a military leader. She wasn't a judge like Deborah or a prophet like that. She was just took care of the place and the kids. And she did, she used what she had at her disposal, which was a tent peg. And milk. And milk instead of water, she gave him some warm, warm milk. milk. Some people have wondered, like, was that just to kind of make him sleepy and drowsy and put him sleep? I don't know. Maybe we don't have. You know, we can speculate. A turkey that. dinner wasn't available because yes. that usually makes <laughs> you sleepy, some right? To pan <laughs> to make him fall into yeah. sleepy land. Um, but let me just read, actually, if you don't mind, uh, the the last uh, couple of paragraphs of the song that Deborah wrote, praising Jael. Um, and this, so this is starting at verse 24 of Judges 5. And here's what she sang. Most blessed of women be Jael, the wife of Eber the Kenite, most blessed of tent-dwelling women. He asked for water, and she gave him milk. In a bowl fit for nobles, she brought him curdled milk, or, or yogurt probably, something heavy in the tummy. Her hand reached for the tent peg, her right hand for the workman's hammer. She struck Sisera, she crushed his head, she shattered and pierced his temple. At her feet he sank, he fell, there he lay. At her feet he sank, he fell, where he sank, there he fell, dead. And first of all, I'm going to keep going, but... This is a poem, obviously. So when you're speaking poetically, when you're singing poetically, you're emphasizing actions 
that um, this was the striking blow to the hands of their enemy, to the, to the not the hands of their enemy, um, to the heart of their enemy, let's say it that way, to the head literally. But it, this was the definitive action by which God freed his people in that moment. And it's just, they're trying to like zoom in here so that we don't lose a single precious minute detail of the fact that this was a, let's say, a weak, unexpected woman taking out the most powerful guy alive at that time. Mm -hmm. And so it goes on to actually further um, just poetically paint this picture by flipping the scenery. Through the window peered Sisera's mother. So now we have a completely different woman that we've never heard from before, but we're now to imagine Sisera's mother. Behind the lattice, she cried out. Why is this chariot so long in coming? Well, we already know. We already got this answer. Why is the clatter of his chariots delayed? The wisest of her ladies answer her. Indeed, she keeps saying to herself, are they not finding and dividing the spoils? A woman or two for each man, which that is a disturbing sentence in and of itself, by the way, because the women are treated as objects for sexual gratifications there. That's, it's like, clearly explicit in the Hebrew. Colorful garments as plunder for Sisera. Colorful garments embroidered. Highly embroidered garments for my neck. All this as plunder. And so that's, we're left with this picture of uh, God's, uh, sorry, not of God's. We're left with this picture of Sisera's mom. They're hoping that they're going to be richer, that their life is going to be so much better off because of this victory that was guaranteed to them. They, of course, they're going to win. They're just wait, looking out the window, waiting for that no uh, U-Haul to show up right. with all the goodies. Exactly. The yeah, to unload the wealth. He, why isn't he coming home? And but we know because she's already told us that the exact opposite, the unexpected, the unfathomable has taken place. And it's funny because, I and I love this because this is just a side note. Um, I just saw a movie where they did this exact same thing where there was a guy who is an assassin and before he killed his mark, he pictured how this guy's wife and kids were going to react. And so it flashes forward to this hypothetical scenario where they were going to mourn and grieve and he had a check of conscience before he killed this person. And it's like, holy smokes, we're still using these um, like poetic imagery mm -hmm. tools to bring home a point. Um, and here in Judges chapter 5, possibly the oldest Hebrew uh, written down um, document that we have um, it's it, they're already using this tool, but anyways, wow. it's just to highlight that unexpected that the underdog God delights in using, raising up in, and in using the underdog. That's a powerful imagery that God uses the unexpected. God uses the underdog, and I think it's not um, it's not that much of a stretch for us, for those of us who have ever felt like then the underdog, the unexpected, who have ever wondered could God use someone like me? I'm just a fill in the blank. Um, God couldn't use someone like me. I'm just a, I don't have the skills. I don't have the whatever. Um, and then you hear a story like this and you go, okay, um, God could use someone like me. Um, because that's the story time and time again that we see in scripture. And that's the story we're going to start hearing again uh, coming up even this Sunday 
in the life of Gideon, the next judge we see found in Judges chapter 6. Could I also point yeah. out another thing sure. really quick here? Because I think we, we love to cheer for the root of the underdog, right. and we often identify with the underdog, therefore. Right. Right. But I, I would ask us to consider where are we in power or in control, or we tend to be on top and making the decisions, and we generally are able to call all the shots for our life. Right. This is a warning to us that God watches out for the underdog so that if we're in the position of power and authority or the ability to call the shots with resources or decision-making, whatever, are we aligning with God with that ability and that privilege and that power? Or are we, and, and thereby looking out for those people as well, or have we been ignoring them? So it's, it's, we can relate with either, either party in that. Right. So if you find yourself in that situation, how are we helping lift up, encourage, invite in, aligning with? And if you find yourself discouraged today that God couldn't use you, know Mm -hmm. that God could use you today. Absolutely. good. Good stuff. Laura, would you close us out today? Yeah. Um, just want to say thanks to everybody for tuning in. We hope that you will join us on Sunday. As um, Steve mentioned, that we're going to be taking a look at Gideon and for our next encounters. Um, so just as we mentioned, please uh, jump on to podcast. Let us know if you have comments, questions, um, and we will be back here at the Imaginary Roundtable for this conversation next, next Friday. Friday.